Hi guys, it's Pleasance. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. It's really such a blessing and such a wonderful part of um, our community and the work to be able to do this with you. If you love our podcast, I'd appreciate if you would share it with a friend, write a review, share on social, um, really helping us spread the messages and the wisdom and the teachings of our lovely, beautiful, authentic community. You can also support the podcast financially right here on the Anchor app or in iTunes, and you can leave me a voice message. I'd love to hear your voice. Chime in, give me a comment or a question. Send our guests um, a question. Send Sailor for her meditations a question or a comment or feedback. We love, love, love hearing from you. Thanks so much for all your support. And uh, Om Shanti, peace to you all. Okay, hello, welcome back, Michelle. Although last time you were on, it was the Soulful Self Care, and now we're the Lola Community Podcast. Yes, I have it, and and Lola is very near and dear to me. It was my great grandmother's name. I love people have been sharing their Lola's in their lives and I love it because I do feel that sort of like opening of like sacred source and female power and it's just a I don't know it's just a very divine divinely inspired name um but I love all the Lola's that like people other people feel connected to from it <laughs> yeah Lola's the name of my car too so oh <laughs> tell me something it was your great-grandmother yeah. What was her? Did you ever meet her? Did you know her? No, I did not. Do you know anything about her? Um, or her spirit? Uh, what I do know of her is that she too was a highly sensitive person <laughs> and um, had to kind of wall up to protect from all the the energetic sensitivities of the world um yeah quick little story i was i was working with uh, a woman um shelly shelly's last name will come to me in a minute but shelly's able to you know she's a guide and she connects you with your guides and i had never worked with her before and a friend of mine highly highly recommended her to me and so I went and I sat down in her office and she was talking, you know, with me about how this was going to go. And she's like, you know, I'll be watching, we'll be talking and my eyes will be open and so on and so forth. And then, and then she like looks past me. She's like, thank you for being here. We'll be with you in just a few minutes. <laughs> and I'm like, she's like, yeah, someone got here about 15 minutes before you did. And they're very excited that you're here and they, they have some messages that they want to share with you. <laughs> I was like, oh, and it was my great-grandmother Lola, apparently, who really had some burning messages to share with me about the sensitivities that I was feeling at the time and how to fix that and so on. Yeah, so it's, and I had, I didn't even know her name before that. And so I, I wrote to my mom, I'm like, what, what was my great-grandmother's name? And she's like, Lola. I was like, okay, there we go. <laughs> so it was really cool. Um of course, right? Like, of course, that's your story. Of course, that's the like 
birthing the community that's being born and birthed around waking up and spirituality and sensitivity as superpower and like all of the things that we're into. Yep. Uh, she's with us right now. <laughs> I feel like guiding us um, and our connection across the country, which yes. I, I love. I know. So some of you guys may have heard our previous podcast about RTT and if you have not listened to that, you might want to stop and go back and listen to that. So you have a framework and a frame of reference, because we're not really going to talk about that in depth today, since we already sort of did that and people can go back and listen to that episode. The reason I asked Michelle to come back on is because in Lola this month, we're really studying and talking about the uh, science of habit and personality and how to sort of um, untangle pull apart, refresh some of our operating systems because the most magical, mysterious, wonderful thing about integrating wisdom and science is that we are not, we don't have to be trapped by our personality and we don't have to be trapped by our brains or characteristics that we don't like or we don't identify with anymore or we don't want to be. And I'm an example of that. Michelle's an example of that. Many of the women that we study with and men um, that we read and we take workshops from and we spend time with are all evolving past old patterns, right? Old ways of being. And our mission, I think Michelle and I uh, really share this mission, is we just want to help as many people as possible know this, understand it, and practice it, right? Anything yep. else you want to say to that? Oh gosh, <laughs> we talk for hours, girl. Yeah, you know, it's once you realize that the habits that have been driving you, good, bad, and ugly habits that have been driving you, all have origin points somewhere along your life path, right? Then you can choose to let them go, and there's a way to do that, you know? And it's not as difficult as one might think. It's not, it's certainly not easy, right? It's not for the faint of heart. And um, if, you're, if you're really committed to your growth and change, you can absolutely get at them and move them out of the way and shift them. And, and um, Pleasance and I are both, you know, testimonies to that. <laughs> I just feel so lucky because I, I think... Um, you know, it didn't have to be this way, right? Like it could have definitely, there could have been a different path. Um, but one thing following the next to the next saying yes, being open and just trying things and, um, allowing things to heal and shift has made all the difference in how I experience life. And, um, I just always like to remind people, because I think a lot of people in the, in the Lola community, in the Little Ohm community, who've you know, taken yoga classes with me for 10 years or 12 years, may not necessarily remember and definitely didn't know the sort of very closed off, very judgmental, very critical, very angry, very armored um, version of me that has taken so many years on the mat to like digest and heal and to feel free of that, um, the shadows 
uh, again, it's not easy. Like it's not, oh, this is so fun all the time. Although I will say I um, have like sort of in the past year really identified more strongly with a four in the Enneagram, which actually means that we do like intense feelings. And it is sort of fun for me to cry and like have like to feel the darkness is part of the gift of a four. So I say it's not fun and it's not easy, but actually part of how I'm built is like the intensity is what I love. Like that's what. <laughs> and, but that's a beautiful thing though, Pleasance. One of my favorite quotes is um, emotions that cannot find their expression in tears will cause other organs to weep. So it's great that you feel your feelings and you get that shit out of there, right? Like feel it ladies and then be done with it. Yeah. Like get it out and put it aside and move on, right? So it doesn't fester because it's the festering. It's when we don't feel our feelings, when we stuff it and we don't process it, that it gets stuck. Yeah. And then it literally, that dis-ease manifests into disease in our bodies, whether it's a cold, the flu, back pain, or chronic, chronic pain. I have a, a, a woman that I'm working with um, this Friday who has like severe chronic pain, like all day, every day. And, you know, just the little bits that she's already shared with me, I know that it's rooted in the issues from what happened to her as a child. And I cannot wait to like pull out my magic wand and like, boom, get that shit out of there. <laughs> you know, I'm very excited. I think it's, I think that one of the things also with this, with that I thought about this year as this was kind of unfolding, which is different than we started working together. I think I did my first one March of 2018, my first RTT. So it's almost been a year. So yeah, now I really almost anniversary. Thank happy anniversary, darling. I can uh, I can really. Um, I was thinking about you this morning because of talking, and I was like, there have been so many changes and shifts. And I remember when I I remember where I was in our first conversation. I was walking around the neighborhood, and um, the things that have happened since we did the first round where we got to some of those really basic um, subconscious programmings that have, were playing out over and over around um, expansion and growth and being comfortable with just being my full self without actually being a full self. Like I didn't have to uh, become a larger person to come into my wholeness, right? My fullness. Amen. About Weight that. is not a requirement. <laughs> I mean, it was just a fun, like, we didn't know that. I mean, we started talking about it and then I'm like, oh, of course, body, we don't actually have to like grow in order to grow. So anyway, this fascinating. You can listen to that old episode. The point is that the evolving that can happen over time, but that this week I realized part of owning the superpower of holding intensity and emotions and feeling them was so embarrassing to me because I was always told you're too emotional. You're too sensitive. Don't be so sensitive. Sensitive. Yeah, girl, I got the same thing. So that's what I wanted to ask you. Did you get the same thing? And what was that like for you as you've come into your whole self? Yes, I did get that. Yeah. You know, um, I'm the youngest of three. Um, and less, my, my father's pretty sensitive as well, but my mom and my brother and sister are very black and white and don't feel their feelings and fuck up and 
you know, my brother was always like, oh, you're such a baby. Don't, why are you crying all the time? Don't be so sensitive. And so I, I had to shut all that. I had to, to mask it. Right. You know, there's a lot of crying that would go on by myself, but you know, around the family in particular is like, you know, armor up like the rest of them. Um, you know, it's curious because my, my mother and my sister both have had IBS their entire lives, right? My mom has this mysterious pain in her gut that no one can diagnose. And I'm like, you know, I can help you with that. Oh no, I'll just go to the doctor. I'm like, okay, God bless her. I love my mother dearly, but she's 80 and she's going to do what she's going to do. So it's, it, when I realized that feeling my feelings was actually the gateway to my intuition it became my superpower particularly as a coach like oh so i i literally feel people that i'm working with like i can tune into people's bodies and it doesn't matter where they are on the planet i can i can feel them and it it's trippy sometimes i'm like so what's that knot in your stomach or that knot in your back and they're like what <laughs> How'd you know that was there? I'm like, no, I just, I just know stuff. Right. So it's, it's not a bad thing. It's just something that you have to learn how to, to manage because it can also be overwhelming, right? Especially if you've got a lot of people's energy coming at you, which is really interesting because the lesson from Lola that day um, was, oh, we just need to put some rubber coating, if you will, like, like rubber coating that you find on wires, you know, right? The wiring for electricity, it has wire, it has rubber coating around it. So like, oh, you just need to put some, some rubber coating around you. So you're not so sensitive and picking up on all of that stuff so that you can go out into the world and be this bigger version of you um, without feeling bombarded. Right. And that, and that's the, that's the tricky part that people have to learn individually how to navigate. Right. Yeah, and why, you know, when I was teaching in the classroom, my colleagues and administrators were saying, you know, you care too much about these children. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know, that's why I'm a teacher. Exactly. Hello. And they would say, you need to toughen up. You care too much. You're too, you know, you're too involved with these kids you're teaching. <laughs> I'd be like, yeah, I know. And I noticed that five years in, I started having separation because. I had seen so much that was so painful and there was no space in education to digest it or process it. So it started to build up in physical, like my hips started hurting, my back started hurting. I was smoking a ton. I was drinking a ton to to like try to physically deal with the pain and the suffering of my students that I was absorbing. And so when I left and I basically had my midlife crisis at like 29, at 28, um, it's a, it's an awakening. Yeah. <laughs> Classic chaos. Like wild. It just felt like a drop into like my whole body because I couldn't handle it. But and I didn't have any tools or language to talk about this or process it. And I just felt weird and like I don't fit it in the world. And then fast forward when I closed the yoga studio three years ago, pretty much the same thing, right? The feeling, because at that point I had built up so much responsibility 
so much caring for my staff and the students. I took everything in my business personally, right? If the stairs weren't, what, if someone gave a bad review on Yelp, there was one person once who did, and I'll never forget her, you know? <laughs> um, so my point is that, like, in rebuilding my life this last three years, again, I'm like, huh, I don't really think I'm the kind of person who can really thrive in an environment where I need to interact and take care of a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of people because I lose sense of self. And, you know, I think I can take this pause and build that rubber layer. But at the same time, if I don't need to do or be that version of me, like I don't necessarily have to be. And to not try to change who I am in order to fit into the system, but create a world in where I can still operate at a healthy level. <laughs> and that's okay. It doesn't need to look big and bold. It can be full and healthy. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. You know, similarly, in my former life, I was a creative director in web development and I didn't know what I didn't know about myself at that point. I was, I was an infant in this world of spirituality, if you will. And it took, you know, essentially getting bullied out of my job that had me hit a brick wall and go, oh, okay. I can't do that anymore because that's way too painful. What do I do? You know, and it, it's what led me to coaching and it's led me to, you know, all of this opening in this work that I've done. But it also made me really, really clear, like, you know, I don't have to work in corporate America and deal with assholes. I choose not to. Right. And so it's taken me many years of reclaiming my confidence to be able to go back into corporate America, but as a consultant, so I get to do it in a different way now. And so there's that protective mechanism like, oh, I don't have to swim in that soup. Even when I was working, you know, for 11 years with California Gear Up and working within schools, yeah. it was like I would dip in and like, wow, this is really toxic. Okay, let me get back out again, right? Um, but it was the only way that I could do that without, as you said, without losing myself to it and, and having it physically impact wow. me. And there's nothing wrong. Like, I don't see that as a weakness. I just see it as like a deepening of self-awareness and self-knowledge. Absolutely. And how to stay in the healthy zone. Like, it's, I'm, it's very challenging, especially at this stage of my life with young kids and marriage and all the things, to know that range necessarily because I do go into that service mode, right? And that giving. Mm -hmm. Um, I have one question and then I want to jump into our sort of big theme about reclaiming your brain and your confidence. But, um... Where is there, do you ever hear, I want to talk for a minute about, um, I'm not where you are, but I'm getting there, or this whole idea that like, we are somewhere that other people aren't, that they're going to be. Do people <laughs> ever say that to you? I'm having a difficult time uh, understanding how to express that because I'm not done learning and growing and changing. Are you? <laughs> no, nobody is. We're, we're all on a continual path of learning. <laughs> and, you know, I've learned through, through this work um, over the last 17 plus years that nine times out of 10, I'm like maybe two steps ahead of the person who contacts me to work with me, yeah. right? Because I've learned just enough for them to go, oh, I want to be where you are, yeah. right? And like, oh, I'm here. So let me let me help pull you forward, but there's always more to go. Right. And so there's always going to be someone bigger, brighter, smarter, more talented, more successful, whatever 
ahead of you and there's going to be someone who's not quite there yet behind you. And they're neither good, bad, right, or wrong. Right. They're just different levels on this continually moving platform, right? <laughs> not a hierarchy. It's a continuum. No. Right. And in, in a variety of phases of life and for reasons unknown to us, some of us are introduced to certain teachings and knowledge and material earlier on the path, earlier on the continuum than others. But it's not a blame or shame or you're not wrong or to feel bad about it. It's like once you start to awaken to that, you can understand, oh, this is, I'm right here at the right time and the right moment to receive. Yeah. So I, I think of it as a, uh, essentially like an upward spiraling. Oh, yeah. Right. Because there's a lesson that you're getting and then you learn it and, you, and then you move forward a little bit more and like, oh, I can see where I was in that lesson. And I've learned that lesson. And then sometimes you think you've learned the lesson, but no, not quite. So we're going to spiral around a little bit more, you know. So it's this continual upward pattern. But again, it's not a hierarchy. It's just a, a, a forward momentum because we're all we're all learning and growing and some we all well we all have different lessons that come in different shapes and forms and um we have the teachers show up that we need in the moment that we need to learn what we need to learn right or not and people turn away from it right is like I, right and they're I, those too i mean and and, and also like in the case with your mom, when she's like, no, I'm going to go to the doctor. It's not about like, oh, well, no, let me fix you. And I've got something to teach you. And let me shove you in the corner and shove this down your throat. It's like the practice, an evolution of spiritual maturity is actually putting your hands up and loving them anyway. Right? Exactly. It's just, yeah. So it's all good. It's not a problem. Loving yep. kindness, loving kindness, loving kindness. And sometimes I feel like when we've done all the deep learning that we've done at the levels where we see psycho-spiritual when we see the mind-body connection so clearly um, as a gift, it is, I don't think it's very common language and ways of seeing the world right now. So it feels for me a little isolating at times because I know a lot when I see it, or I think I know a lot, or I'm feeling a lot. <laughs> what do I know? <laughs> but I just kind of keep it, you know, because it's like, oh, this is not the place time or the place to go into yeah you know it's like i have this amazing pen and it's it's magical and i want you to have it and you're like no i don't really like blue like oh okay well maybe later you want it but it's here if you need it when you're ready i have the magical blue pen right and so everybody yeah. each person again they're on their own individual individual journey and they will they will step into that next level of themselves the moment that they're ready and not a moment before, right? And there's not anything that you or anybody else can do about it. Yep. And so we all have to have our own awakenings. <laughs> that makes me think of too. Prove to me that's the best pen. How do you know that's the best pen? Where's the evidence about the pen? <laughs> I've been using the pen and it's a great pen. <laughs> prove to me that the scientists say, and I'm like, okay, well, here's all the research, but just experience it. You might actually enjoy it. Right. <laughs> not change your life enough. You know, it's right. just so funny. It's yeah. Funny. Get out of your head and just experience <laughs> it. Like, wow. yeah, it's that, it's, it's the difference between I'll believe it when I see it versus I'll see it when I believe it. 
I tried a blue pen once. It didn't work. I hated it. I threw it away. You know, <laughs> that, I mean, it's just so funny to see the clothing, the resistance, and not from a judgment. Listen, like I understand where that training, that wiring comes from, right? Absolutely. I'm, Jewish, I'm from New England. I went to boarding school and an Ivy League like grad school. Like literally the brain is trained to resist and question everything in all those communities. So I grew up with that. And so to be, but it feels so good to be free of it. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, okay. So I saw that you posted this wonderful, very clear, uh, very specific article about five ways to reclaim your brain and boost your confidence. So I would love for you to give us your version um, in your words around why you wrote this and then what are these five ways and how can we integrate them into our life? Sure. Um, gosh, great question. Um, so when I got fired from my fancy highfalutin creative director job, was bullied out of it, my confidence was shattered, shattered, disseminated, just, just dissolved. Right. And it, it led me to coaching to re to find my true passion and purpose. And it's been a journey to reclaim my confidence and having been through all that and not having a whole lot of confidence. I, you know, there was a, there was a level of bravado that I had, right? But in hindsight, I could see it was a false confidence, right? Because um, I, I look at like my brother, who I love dearly, who has always been very, very confident, athletic, good looking, talented, smart, right? Always had everything going for him. And I'm like, we grew up in the same household. How come he got all that and I didn't? It, it was just like, why? Why is that? And so it's been a quest of mine to A, find my own confidence, like really wholeheartedly embody it, but B, understand why that some people have it and some people don't. Yeah. Right? Because it's, it's really what I've discovered through all my interviews and research and whatnot is that confidence is one of those key things in a person's life that has you have success or not. Right? And so I was like, I'm gonna figure this out. <laughs> And so uh, doing the rapid transformational therapy work uh, with Marissa Peer is what finally unlocked that last piece of me that was hidden away that I like, I knew there was a block there, but I couldn't get at it. And I, and I was finally like, Oh, thank goodness. I was able to move all of that out of the way and, and really embody my full confidence. Like, Oh yeah. Okay. That, that feels right. Like it had never felt right, quite right before something was always missing. Yeah. And so that's kind of the behind the scenes behind my passion as a confidence coach. Right. And why I do the work that I do to help people really reclaim that confidence because I know it's at the heart of everything that we do or don't do on how we get in our own way. And so I was thinking about it like how do we how can I break this down for people um, in a you know a bite-sized nugget without getting too too sciencey but in a fun way e explaining the science behind it and at the heart of it all is is your amygdala right it's your part of your ancient limbic brain and it's your fight or flight mechanism right and 
I call her Amy because it just makes it more fun. Amy's your amygdala and she's just here to protect you. She just wants to keep you alive and on the planet and safe from saber tooth tigers and bears and whatnot, right? But no one has bothered to tell Amy that the saber tooth tigers are really no longer a threat. <laughs> but our boss, our, you know, any kind of conflict can look like that saber tooth tiger. Um, and so anywhere along our path, anywhere in our life from the moment of conception, right? If there's a, a stressor that our, our spirit, our amygdala says, oh, that's not safe. Amy's like, I got it. I'm going to protect you from that. And, and she'll put in programming in your subconscious that says, don't do that. Don't put your hand on the hot stove because you'll get burned, right? So that's just programming that's back in there and we don't even know it's there. Right, because we have all these dec decision points, especially as children, when we can't process things emotionally, we're, we're, we don't have the capacity yet to do that. That's not safe. Mom yelled at me because I did this, so don't do that anymore, or else I'll get yelled at. Right. Um, so when you can start to recognize that Amy is driving your bus, <laughs> right, wow. and creating these habits of operating for you, then you can start to pull them apart. So um, I found that there are a couple of key things that get in the way of our confidence, right? And can tear us down. Um, so one of them is this, this habit of discontent, mm -hmm. right? Um, that feeling that something's not quite right, something's missing. Um, and it's a, it's a nagging that happens in the back of our brain that steers us one way versus another, right? So habits of discontent um, can be like, I'm just, I'm not happy with my life. I'm not happy with my relationship. Something's wrong. I'm not happy with my job. And it ends up in that programming because whatever the the thought was that was intended to protect you has created this, oftentimes has created this habit of discontent, right? So let me give you an example so it's not quite so intangible, right? I have a, a, a client that I'm working with right now who um, is super type A, amazing go-getter, had a million dollar company before he was 30, right? And... <clears throat> Just go, 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 go. I'm going to, his, his language is, I'm going to crush it. I'm going to crush it. Right. Hustle. <laughs> I'm going to hustle because he was, he was passionate about it. And it was just like, yeah, I'm going to do this. But underneath that was this need to always prove himself, prove himself to whoever was watching. Right. Which was based on old programming from when he was a kid. Right. But that need to proving himself left him with that habit of discontent of it's not enough. It's not enough. It's not enough. I'm not enough. I'm not doing enough. I'm not. And so he had to run harder, faster, stronger. And it literally blew out his body. Right. He had to close his business because he blew out his adrenals. He literally couldn't function. Right. And so when you start to notice that that story that you have that's constantly pushing you because you're not enough, then you can be like, hmm, I think this is old programming that Amy's got in her, in her back pocket and maybe we need to look at that.
Okay, so I'm gonna add a layer because I can't not when it hits like this, is that in Ayurveda, your genealogy obviously affects your cells and your thoughts and your being. And when we're talking about the line of the Jewish people, the, um, the, the uh, what's the word for like, when the whole group, the generalization, like the, the word for the whole group is this way. <laughs> Assumptions. <laughs> yeah, is that stereotypes. Stereotypes. Yeah. The stereotype that, that like the Jewish, you go to temple or the woman was like, it, it's too cold. And then a minute later, it's too hot. And then like, he's too short. He's too, like, this is a stereotype about the Jews. Having been one and grown up in a lot of Jewish environments, I see this as true. And layering on this, you're talking about literally an entire group, race, religion, ethnicity, however you want to talk about it, that has been persecuted and um, gone after. There is cellular programming that is trying to keep you safe by not letting you get too comfortable or too joyful because it's literally in our beings the trauma the persecution the death the holocaust stuff was happening way before the holocaust right it's in our whole line yeah so it's now okay so that's awesome to think about and know and like just sort of touch right that's huge to deal with if you're living with this but then we can use self-care and stress management and tapping into parasympathetic healing to accept that that's not the current situation well in some places it is so this is also the change of reality is like right now this is getting hot again um but how do we deal with present moment present moment healing and just compassion compassion for this truth that's in our body and in our bones and so the reason i love having conversations with michelle is that She's often coming from uh, the science and um, the coaching experience, and I'm just layering on what the wisdom traditions of genealogy and spirituality are, are already are also saying that's right in line with it. Right? I know. It's yeah. like when I started, you know, delving into neuroscience, because I'm a secretly a science geek, yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh. This just proves that all this work that I do, it's not woo-woo, it's science. Yay! <laughs> wow, wow! <laughs> like, oh, spirituality, science. Oh, it's really all the same thing, but different language, right? You know? Well, um, and then it starts to make sense. You get to get a sense of where some of the stereotypes that are real, like there is pain in the cells and in the bodies of these Oh, people, yeah. Right? And I mean, not just Jewish people, obviously, but I'm just speaking from my own experience. Of course, of course, but you're absolutely right. You know, um, our emotional, our, our cells are passed on literally yes. from one generation to the next. And all of that cellular memory, each, each cell has its own little baby brain, right? And it gets carried forward. And so part of this spiritual awakening is recognizing that pain body and like, oh, I don't have to carry that anymore, right? I can, I always, I always tell my clients, just put that in a suitcase and leave it on the curb. It's not yours. You don't have to carry it around anymore. <laughs> One client like, I'm shipping it back to France. I don't want this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and it's that touch, I mean, that's, that's how we layer mindfulness and self-compassion is like not shoving it, but like honoring it and then letting it go. Whatever the visual is that helps you um, be able to not deny it and not have that aversion and not have the attachment to it, but have that awareness piece is what helps us 
in Ayurveda, we say turn off the gene or turn on the gene. Yep. Well, that's the signs of epigenetics, right? Exactly what we're doing. And it's, it's just freeing yourself from that pattern. Like, oh, and it, it's so that it becomes not your story, but it just becomes part of your history. Right. It's like, Right. You just heard someone say, who said, someone recently did a talk about, it's not, history is his story. So if we're going to talk about our lives, we're going to talk about her story. It's our, her story. Her story. Yes. History is is still male. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And, and so the important thing to realize here is recognizing the pattern, the habit of discontent, whatever form that is. And then neutralizing the emotional charge around it, right? You're not getting rid of it. You're not saying that didn't happen to me. We're just saying, I'm no longer, I'm no longer burdened by it. I'm no longer, there's no suffering around it anymore. It's like, oh, that happened. It wasn't so great. And, but I, but I've moved beyond it because I've expanded and I've, I've let go the pain and the suffering around it while still recognizing the truth of whatever it was, right? Um, Okay, so I have a lot of clients and people I know who do number, confidence killer number four, caught in the swirl. (laughs) Talk to me about swirling thoughts. Oh, swirling, 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 swirling. You know, we get that negative thought loop. It's like, oh, I'm, I can't do that, or that's not possible, or that blue pin, it just didn't work. I'm, it's crap, right? Whatever that, that loop we get into of that negative thinking. And, and so you, you, can, you can start to notice how that takes you down the rabbit hole, right? So here's a quick little exercise that, that um, we can do. So give me an example, Pleasance, of a negative thought loop that you might carry around. Um, my kids in the wrong school, my kids in the wrong school. So when you think that thought, my kids in the wrong school, how does it make you feel? Um, like I'm a bad mom cause I'm not finding the right school. Okay. And when you think that thought that I'm a bad mom and I'm not doing the right thing is to have my kid in the right school, what actions or behaviors does that create in you? Uh, I get a stomach ache. I feel a lot of fear and anxiety. Like I should know what to do and um, my, I tend to then like over research. So I tend to get in the thought loop of like looking for a lot of options, action. <laughs> and then what is, what are those actions then create feeling wise? Um, overwhelmed. Cause now I have so many options. Got it. So <laughs> notice how quickly we went all the way down the rabbit hole. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. So now if we take that thought, my kid isn't in the right school and we flip it around what's the opposite of that thought um there's two that come to mind my kid is in the right school or i don't know what is wrong or right (laughs) okay so let's take my kid is in the right school just for demonstration purposes Uh right and if you if you're thinking that thought my kid is it is in the right school how does that make you feel yeah. Awesome. Like I know what I'm doing, like he's fully supported and then that's what I'm going to see more of. Right. And then what action or behavior does that create? Uh, relaxation and just more connection at the school that he's at. 
Mm-hmm. And then what feeling does that then evoke? Love and joy and comfort yeah. and confidence because I'm, he's in the right place. Right. So over here we have love, joy, and confidence. And over here we have overwhelm, too many choices, and shooting all over myself, right? A and B. So which one feels better? Yeah, well, obviously the love and the joy. <laughs> okay, right. So I was so close. Yes, exactly. So you can see how quickly you can take yourself down the rabbit hole or up the spiral of love. Right. And this is, this is a little exercise. I'm happy to send you my cheat sheet on this and you can share it with your community. Right. Um, but that's what I mean by the spiral, the getting caught on the swirl, like, and we start going down, 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 down. And so you get to choose like, no, how do I really want to feel about this? And you get to choose a different thought and choose a different path. But it takes being mindful and catching yourself as you're falling down the rabbit hole to go, oh, wait, no. And so sometimes, so I have a little coach in my head, right? She's well embedded after so many years of practice. And so there'll be those moments where I'm all like, and then I'll have that, that moment of clarity. And I catch myself because my little coach says, well, how do you really want to feel, Michelle? (laughs) I'm like, oh, right. Okay, well, I'm going to sit in my puddle of muddle for just another five minutes, and then I'll get out. Okay, right? And so you can bargain with yourself, too. <laughs> like, how long do you want to sit in the, in the poo before you get out of the poo, right? Another fun way to do it, too, is you can what if up yourself. Like, so what if your son is in the right school? And what if he is well supported? And what if he is absolutely getting all the amazing, you know, teaching and knowledge that he needs? And and as you what if up yourself, you create a rise in your energy because your emotions shift and you expand, right? So it creates a whole different sensation in your body as well. So two different ways to kind of get yourself out of the swirl. Yeah, I love it. It reminds me too, it's kind of a layering, like how clearly you speak through that reminds me of like blending kind of like the Byron Katie's the work, right? And the reverse and turnaround thoughts, but with core desired feelings. So it's using the feelings along with that. So a lot of people in our community are familiar with core desired feelings and the work. And so I love how that kind of comes together. And I think that's also what I think also paying attention to how you have your tantrum, like my tantrum doesn't usually look angry or outward or blaming. The research part of what I do when I feel that is part of my, it's like kind of how I get it out of my system. Yeah. Then I land and I'm like, ha, but also I'm human. So, and that's the other point I want to remember always to say is like, and just like other moms out there, I wake up with like, I don't know that I have confidence. I've never raised a seven-year-old boy before, right? Like this is the first time. So I'm not an expert at it. Um, I'm an, you know, I know him and I know me. So it's always, that's what I'm also saying when we're talking about, we're not getting somewhere where this will all end is that you'll still experience being human and, and having doubt, but what are the tools that you put into place then to get it out of your system rather than sticking on it, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and I'm so thankful to 
all the teachers I've had along the way that have given me different pieces of this wisdom and knowledge, right? You know, the thought loops um, is, uh, came to me from Marissa Peer, right? I've had, I've used Byron Katie's work in the past. Yeah. And so when I saw this, I was like, wow, this is like Byron Katie's work, but it's less of a head twist, right? Yeah. It's right. easier to wrap your head around and, and to move through more quickly. Whereas I always felt like I would get stuck in doing the work. You know, yeah. Work. So how do we update some of the foundations that have been provided so much for us, but then right. update it. so that cheat sheet that you have, I'm sure will be helpful to people. Yes. Um, okay. Next toxic environments. Or you could talk through the rest of them however you want. We don't have to go in order. Yeah, no, it's it's all good. Well, we were talking about this earlier, right? Especially for those of us who are, you know, highly sensitive people, right? Toxic environments are extremely toxic, right? They you pick up on the junk of other people, the stress, the drama, the hooey that people have, and it might be at work, it might be in your home environment, it might be with your neighbor, you know, but noticing it and noticing how it's impacting your body and doing what you need to do to shield yourself from it, right? I always say, put your, your happy bubble of sunshine up, right? Let the good stuff in and keep the bad stuff out um, because you can choose to not interact with people who are toxic. You know, it might be your boss, right? And you can limit your interactions with people. Thank you for that information. I'll take care of that, right? Um, but if you've got a friend, for example, who likes to dwell in the drama of things, then you know, like, you can change the channel, right? Change the conversation. Like, that's really interesting, but I'd rather talk about this thing over here. Um, because people who get caught up in that drama conversation, um, they're typically trying to make themselves feel better by either offloading that negative energy or um, trying to pull you down to their level so they feel like they're elevated. Does that make sense? Yeah. Right? And yeah. so if someone's trying to pull you down into their, you know, swirl, then you can just disengage. Like, I, I have to go. I, I don't have time for this kind of conversation or I choose not to engage in this kind of conversation because it doesn't, it doesn't lift me up. It doesn't move me forward in a good way. So I would encourage everybody who's listening to really look across your life. Like who is filling your bucket and who is bringing you down? And you might not like some of what you're seeing because it might be someone near and dear to you. And so then you have to, consciously choose, okay, how do I want to interact with this person so that I'm not pulled down into the quicksand? Yeah. And I think this is where some of the spiritual bypass, um, the question came up is like, oh, I just think it's, I think it in, in some regards, um, my dog's barking like crazy, um, <laughs> that you can see that and then disengage with people and kind of not feel the feelings of losing some of those relationships. So I do feel like sometimes we have to feel what that loss and grief feels like and just sort of touch it. Um, doesn't mean we have to hold on to it and stay so connected, but we also can't just be like, oh yeah, well now I'm just like totally enlightened and I know how to work with my thoughts and your toxic environment, so goodbye and leave. Sometimes it is just as simple as like not, is just saying no to a few things and then you're not invited in that group anymore, right? Or 
whatever. And it's not a big deal, but I don't want to bypass. Right. I'm not saying poly being Pollyanna to it. Clear because sometimes people listen and they're like, Are you saying that I should? No, 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 no. And I, I used to live in the land of Pollyanna, right? So I got, Oh, everything's fine. We're fine. It's what I grew up on. How are you? Fine. I'm fine. Girl, no, growing up with a name like Pleasance. <laughs> it's all you're allowed to be. It's all you're allowed to be. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and, you know, back to what I said earlier, which is you really have to allow yourself to, the space to feel your feelings, though. Right. right. So whether it's, um, you know, screaming to a pillow or my preferred method is screaming in the car, driving down the highway, because then it can't impact anybody else. Right. Wow. It's not going to like I have animals here at home, so I can't scream at home because then they'll be like, oh, what's going on? What's wrong? And then they all scream and it's not good. Right. So it's learning how to manage that energy for yourself, um, but also getting it out of your system. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Focusing on your failures. Oh, yeah, this is a popular swirl technique, right? Oh, I messed up. I screwed up. Oh, my God, the world's going to end. Oh, I'm going to get fired. Oh, no, so-and-so is going to leave me. You know, just like whatever the failure is, and I love the picture I found for that. That just cracks me up yeah. every time I look at it. <laughs> is It's like, okay, you failed. You dropped the ball. You messed up. Forgive yourself, learn from it, underscore, underscore, highlight, learn from it and keep moving, right? Um, because beating yourself up about a failure isn't going to move you forward. It's going to have you be caught in that swirl again. So it's just learning how to, to let it go, but really learning from it. Like, oh, okay, note to self, don't do that or don't let that boundary be crossed or um communicate more effectively, right? Whatever that happens to be. Yeah. Um, and then the biggest, most popular <laughs> um, confidence killer is this simple thought of I'm not enough. I'm, yeah. I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not something enough that keeps us locked in a box, yeah. playing small, not allowing our gifts and our light to shine. And, you know, I've worked with thousands of people all around the world, Pleasance, and it's such a common thread, yeah. right? There, there are essentially three common threads. There's not feeling good enough, like I'm not enough in some way, shape, or form. Um, something's not available to me. Love, success, money, is, that's just not available to me. Or I'm different, right? Okay. And so through the work that I do, I'm able to help people a, a get at where did that belief start? Mm -hmm. Where did that originate from? And they can see, oh, well, I decided that about myself when I was six and, you know, I did this and this happened, right? And so we, we move through the world with those Amy stories, right? And, and until we realize, oh, that's actually not my story. I'm actually really good. I'm good enough. I'm plenty. I'm lovable. I'm worthy. I'm all of these other things that I just didn't allow myself to recognize or to feel. And so when you can move beyond that story and really claim that you are enough, it really does amazing things for your confidence and your self-worth and 
and how you believe in yourself. And that then fuels how you move into the world and create your work and your success and your thriving life. Because I think that the confidence really grows from alignment, right? It's like if you're in alignment and you're in your own lane and you have that level of like self-awareness and self-knowledge, you can't not be confident in who you are, right? It's almost like they go hand in hand because I definitely have not spent like any time the past 20 years trying to think about building my confidence. I just really tried to uh, understand alignment and, and stay in it even when it means leaving DCPS, leaving yoga work. Like my life keeps changing because the alignment piece keeps changing as I grow and evolve. But that has built, other people say you're so confident and I don't even use that language or think about it because I'm not, that's not a characteristic I'm like going for. It just is happening naturally because of the alignment. <laughs> right. And I would, and, and to add to that, I would say the alignment comes from understanding and recognizing what are your core values? Yeah. Yeah. What are the things that are so important to you like water and air so that then you can use those as your true north? Yeah. Right. I literally just had a call with a client this morning before we recorded this yeah. and I have her I had her do a values exercise of really understanding what are what are my top 10 core values and how well are they being honored in each day. Yeah. And for her, it created such clarity, this opportunity, this huge, amazing opportunity around her music. But this person that she thought she really wanted to work with, she realized, oh, it's really not in alignment with my values. And that lack of alignment was really causing her to not sleep, like physically not sleep. Yeah. And she couldn't understand why. And then when she did that, she's like, oh, now I completely understand. Yeah. And now I can let that go because I know it doesn't serve me. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's, and, and the other thing is that those three basic sort of core wounds or issues that come up over and over um, that are, are related to I'm not enough uh, are so individual. What's so interesting to me about it is that the subconscious programming comes, it's not from one thing. So what I mean is like, it's not all people who were abused, like right. it, it manifests in different ways because of different reasons. You can have overachieving parents, you can have neglectful parents, you can have been adopted, you could have siblings, no siblings, that there's these common like core wounds that come up, but the track to it is different for everyone. Absolutely. It could be, it right. could be seemingly benign things. Totally. But that child mind went, oh, right. Right. that must mean I'm not good enough. So that's why I want people to work with you, and, you know, to do subconscious programming, to understand the wiring, uh, and to be aware of that there's ways of retraining and that, and building up our, into our full self from little, like little calibrations and little tiny micro movements, because there, we can't tell you all, oh, if you just do this one thing, this will make all the difference for you because your path to I'm not enough or I'm not lovable, like is different than mine, <laughs> Michelle. Absolutely. We have to work through ours. So absolutely, right? We'll have to work through yours. <laughs> exactly. And you know, it's always a it's always a work in progress. And you can yeah. move, you know, I, I feel blessed that I feel like I've been able to move the big boulders out of the way. Like, oh, okay, now there's room to move. There's still a little tiny tweaks and adjustments that are always happening. Um but that's just part of the growth trajectory. Right, right. Yeah. Um, okay, so 
I think we did a good job with this for today. I am going to link to the article. You're going to send me the cheat sheet and I can link to that. Um, and where can people find you and sign up to do an RTT with you? Sure. So um, you can always uh, visit my website at nectarconsulting.com, N-E-C-T-A-R, like honey to a bee, Nectar Consulting. And um, you can, uh, there's a button there to schedule a complimentary discovery session. We can have a chat. You can tell me what's going on and how um, I can see how I may be of a service to you, right? Um, and also be sure to visit the brain candy section on my website that has a boatload of um, free resources, um, ebooks with guided meditations and um, guided hypno hypnosis recordings as well. So, um, lots of great stuff there, and other, um, you know, the previous podcast with Pleasance is up there as well, and other podcasts that I've been on too. So, um, lots of great information. Check it out, and happy to have a chat um, if uh, it serves you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. Such a joy always to chat with you, my dear, and to be of service to the Lola community. And yeah, uh, a wonderful way to start my day. So thank you, Yay. love. And thank you, Lola, grandma, great grandma Lola for being with us today. <laughs> big props, big props. <laughs> All right, I'll talk to you soon. Bye, honey. All right, bye. <laughs>